Hey friends, before we get to this week's show, I want to let you know about an event that I'm going to on August 6th, and it's the Farmed by ATL Food Show happening at Sweetwater Brewing. You'll have a chance to meet over a dozen Georgia farmers and vendors, hear about what they do, and even sample some of what they're growing and what they're making. The event runs from 10 to 4 p.m., and you can find more about this awesome event at farmed.com slash foodshow. That's F-A-R-M-D dot com slash food show or even follow them on instagram at farmed us it's at f-a-r-m-d us i'll see you there friends i say it all the time because i want everyone to really get it like food is the only thing we ever buy that literally becomes who we are It becomes our hair and our brain and our eyes and our skin. And that's really just another way of saying you are what you eat, but I think it's a more powerful way of saying it. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Atlanta Foodcast. You know, one of the things that I love the most about producing this show is the sheer number of incredible people who have made Atlanta a better place, and I get to speak to them. And folks, Judith Winfrey is one of those people. Now, we'll get into all of the things that you want to know about Peach Dish and how it works during the episode, but something that I really love about Judith is her story. And she's done it all, and this checklist that I'm about to read to you is absolutely no joke. Worked under Linton Hopkins? Check. Worked for Scott Peacock? Check. Worked for Georgia Organics? Check. Started and operated a farm and still does? Check and check. So suffice it to say, this woman and her team are making Atlanta and the rest of the U.S. an incredible city for eaters. Now, I'm sure that you guys are going to enjoy this one. So next up, here's my conversation with Judith Winfrey, president of Peach Dish. Enjoy. Street Market, um, but uh, I love the ambiance. But this is great. We've got a nice, quiet space. We're we're here at uh, Peach Dish uh, Global HQ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I am joined with Miss uh, Judith Winfrey of Peach Dish. How are you today? I am very well. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to have you here. Oh man, I mean, this is awesome. Like, yeah, you know, again, like I I know that we were chatting about this before we started recording, but. Um, you know, the, the thing that I love about Atlanta is there's so many things that are happening here that have, you know, home base or HQ or, you know, major footprint here in the city, but also have such great regional reach or national reach. And Peach Dish is totally one of those things. So, I mean, what you guys are doing here is bringing... I would say the right way that people need to understand cooking, especially if they're not comfortable in their own shoes or with a knife in their hand or, um, but it's really cool that we have this here in Atlanta. Thank you. I think so too. You know, my, my career in food has been not always in meal kits, obviously, um, but has always been around helping put the Southeast on the map. When I worked in sustainable ag, it was a real fight for me. I was always frustrated that California and the Northeast got all the credit, but we had been growing food in this region since before California was a state. Um, So getting people to understand how much good stuff is going on in food and culture um, and getting people to put aside their stereotypes and misunderstandings about what the South is, is a big part of like my life's work. Yeah. And it's, it's so huge. I mean, and we're going to get into so many of the specifics of what you guys are doing with peach dish. I mean, and again, you know, 
that just before we get into a lot of the specifics about the business, Peach Dish is the only meal kit business that I've ever wanted to partake in just based on level of interest and also people just, you know, gifting us peach dish. So like, like I don't need to dip into any of the other ones. We won't mention them by name, but there's, you know, who cares about the other ones when you have peach dish in Atlanta. But, um, before we get any further, Judith, Mm -hmm. the first question I ask every guest on my show is who cooked for you growing up and what kind of cook was he or she? Mm, Well, Mostly my mom cooked for me, um, cooked for our family, and she was a simple Southern cook. She had a catering business, and she also had a hospitality and event planning business. She ran hospitality at the governor's mansion for a few years. Um, So she definitely knew what she was doing when it came to food, Um, but what we ate at home was a lot like what you would get at a meet in three. We would have simple vegetables prepared simply. Oftentimes there would not be a protein. We'd have beans and rice or soup beans as they would call it in Appalachia with cornbread, Um, greens. She didn't cook a whole lot of greens at home, but we would go out for greens. We would go out to meet in threes a lot um, and just get a vegetable plate. Um, She made great biscuits. Some of my favorite early memories are Angel biscuits with sliced country ham and a little strawberry jelly, and which she would be preparing for some catering event and then would give me a couple of extra probably to keep me quiet while she was trying to work. That's awesome. I, I love that you mentioned angel biscuits. So I didn't actually know too much about what an angel biscuit was. And it took me a little bit to actually do, you know, just, just to get into a little bit more of the recipe side of it because I'm a miserable baker when it comes to biz- biscuits. I'm a bread baker by far. I mean, sourdough or just like pandemi or, you know, a Pullman, but biscuits, like I just, for some reason, like I just can't get it right. But uh, an angel biscuit seems way more up my alley. And like, I, I feel like I need to try that soon. You do. And there are some great, really simple biscuit recipes. Um, I'm not going to plug peach dish, but we do offer some biscuit kits that make it really easy. <laughs> you to totally should. Biscuits. You should totally plug um, peach dish. There's also a woman in Atlanta, Cynthia Grobert, who wrote a book yes. on biscuits um, and and can tell you where to start. But there's some really simple, easy, like cream biscuits or angel biscuits. Um, they're light. They're, they're smaller. Uh, they're great places to start. And I'm not a baker at all. Like, I can make a pound cake because I've been making one since I was five years old. And that's about it when it comes to baking. Like, I just fail miserably. I'm too much of an experimenter and I'm not into precision. Yeah, baking's definitely not your bag then. No. Yeah. Like, it, it's too much math for a lot of people. See, I love that because I bake by weight, you know? And yeah. it's just, you know, your measuring cup in your kitchen is probably different than mine. So that's right. why I'm going to use a scale because it's going to yeah. come out, you know, more accurate. No, I love math. And I love a good spreadsheet and I love numbers, (laughs) but I don't love it in the kitchen. Not when it comes to measuring out flour and sugar and all that kind of stuff. But, um, and I think that's, what's really cool about biscuits too, is it's usually from someone's grandmother's kitchen that came from her grandmother's kitchen. And, um, so yeah, I mean, I think there's so many biscuits that I need to try, let alone bake in my own kitchen. So that's next up. But, uh, but speaking of home, you are actually an Atlanta native and I've had a few of you on the show, but this is really great to have yet another. So where, where did, which part of Atlanta were you growing up in? Um, I grew up on the South side. I grew up mostly in college park. So not very far from where we are right now. Um, I was born at Northside hospital. That's a question Atlanta natives 
always Which answer. Which hospital? Yeah. I mean, that's how you prove it. Um, and neither of my parents were originally from Atlanta, but were basically Atlanta natives. So I feel really lucky to be, a. I feel like I'm a part of the city's DNA and my family is a part of the city's DNA. And it's been a really cool time to be in the city, to watch it grow and um, diversify in terms of all of the immigrant populations that have come in and made the city their own. Um, I feel really proud to live in a city that has such strong black leadership in the South. I think that is important and um, makes me feel good. And of course, I love the food scene in this city. Yeah, that that's usually one of the it's in the in the order of things that are either of importance or just, you know, that that people know about Atlanta is diversity for sure. I mean, when you talk about Buford Highway or Clarkston, you know, I mean, the, mm-hmm. there's just so many different I mean, every part of the world represented in Atlanta or just around Atlanta and it's it's amazing to see how it's it's becoming less pocketed. You know, it's becoming a lot more I mean, I think we're 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 moving towards levels, you know, of where we're seeing a lot more just mix of like in neighborhoods, but it's it's super it's super cool to see and yeah. um, well, and I Chef Edward Lee who is from uh, Louisville who has a few restaurants and has just written a book Buttermilk Graffiti. I don't know if you've had a chance to read it. I haven't. It. I heard of it. Yeah. Um, he he talks a lot about immigrant stories, and he he says, you know, it's less of a melting pot and more of a vegetable soup. Like we're all just sort of hanging out here together, but we're keeping our own sort of identity and the integrity of what we are originally. But we're we're figuring out how to live together and work together and enjoy each other's unique characteristics. I think that's phenomenal. Yeah, and and I love that someone you know is here in the Atlanta area making their grandmother's kimchi recipe. You know, and sure. like, the fact that that's being brought to you here on the, you know, in the South, like that, that's pretty much magic. I think so too. And I feel doubly lucky, like to be in the midst of all this and also be the granddaughter of a sharecropper from Sand Mountain, Alabama. So I do have the like country, Southern, rural, agrarian roots um, that are also a part of who I am. It's really, it's fun for me to be in the mix of all of that. Yeah. And you know, so you, you touch on something uh, that I really love and that, you know, I, th- I think that there's still a lot of definition that's needed for the South for people that don't live here. And a lot of people just have an idea of like, oh, you live in the South, like it's, you know, just a bunch of rib sticking, you know, fried chicken and barbecue. But I want, it's, it's just great. Like I love having this conversation because so many people's opinion or really what their approach to South and especially Southern cuisine, I mean, that's definitely a part of it. But I mean, if we're talking percentages here, we're looking at, you know, Judith's spreadsheet of you know what makes up Southern cuisine, fried chicken and barbecue. I mean, like it's, it's a percent, but I mean, it's not, it's not the lion's share. I mean, when I, I think of, you know, farms and I mean, just fresh produce is what comes to mind first for me. Oh yeah. It's vegetables. Uh, it's simple breads like cornbread and biscuits and it's, um, preserves, you know, whether it's canned green beans or peach preserves or any, any, any agrarian based food culture is going to be about eating what's fresh when it's fresh and putting up everything you can for when it's not fresh. And that's what I think of as Southern food. Yeah. And I, I love that there's so many people here in Atlanta from the restaurant side and, and really 
bringing a level of knowledge from the industry side and, you know, giving the approach to, you know, just the person who likes to eat at restaurants, you know, but it's coming mm-hmm. along with such a nice helping of knowledge along with like, here's where this comes from. And like, Hey, this is a Georgia product. And there's a lot of pride behind that, mm-hmm. you know, which is really cool. But, you know, I want to, I want to talk a little bit more about your background okay. and, um, you speaking about, I mean, you just have quite the background, you know? So, I mean, you're here at peach dish, but you've, you've got a lot that you've done here in and around Atlanta. So, uh, I know a lot of your story, but, Mm. you know, so give us a little bit of an idea. So you're growing up here in Atlanta, Mm -hmm. you know, where does food make its way into Judith's life? Well, you know, mom, as I said, my mom was a caterer and, um, my parents actually ran the cafeteria at the small private school, uh, that I went to for elementary school. So, I mean, in a sense, food has always been a part of my background, but professionally, I didn't start working in food until I was almost 30 years old. Um, I think this happens a lot in families, maybe you know, in families who have um, parents who work in culinary in some way sort of discourage their kids because they're like, it's, it's really hard work. I'd prefer that you go sit at a desk somewhere and make the easy money. Um, so I didn't work in restaurants until I was almost 30 and I went to work at an awesome place in Decatur called the Brickstore Pub. Yeah. Uh, we could do another show just on how awesome Brickstore is. We could. Yeah. And all the awesome people that have come through the Brickstore Pub. I mean, it's really incredible. Um, so I worked there. I actually met uh, the man who is now my husband there. We worked together. Um And it was a great, it was a fun time. It was a liberating time. I was like, wait, restaurant work is so fun. How come I've been avoiding this for so long? Um, But from there, I went to work at an awesome restaurant in Decatur called uh, Watershed. And I worked with Chef Scott Peacock and Stephen Satterfield, who was his sous, and Billy Allen, who was his sous. Yeah, it was a really, I didn't realize what a special time it was at that restaurant until years later, obviously, but it was a really special time to be in that restaurant. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, going a little bit, you know, just more into, you know, how, how you went from, you know, brick store and then watershed and then, uh, but resurgence hospitality group actually makes its way into your story a little bit as well. Yeah. There's a little break, mm-hmm. um, not to go too far into the weeds, but I, I, Scott Peacock really got me interested in food activism in a way. Like, he's the one who really made me understand agricultural products and the value of them um, and the work and the diligence and the duty that goes into them. And so I got interested in food activism. I went to work for an organization that was pretty small at that time called Georgia Organics that does sustainable ad, ag advocacy for um, farmers all around the state and eaters. So I worked at Georgia Organics for just a hot minute. And then my husband and I got this opportunity. He had been working at this farm in um, the east part of the, it's not even metro area, it's a little bit farther out. Um, So he was working at Crystal Organic Farm. I was working at Georgia Organics. And this old-time farmer, this sort of stalwart of the organic farming movement in Georgia, came into the Georgia Organics office and said, I heard you and your husband want to be farming somewhere. Come farm my land. <laughs> and I was like, Whoa! 
it was like, it was kind of like, you know, if one of your heroes like came up to you and said, I want to give you this opportunity, that's what happened. So I, I went home and I talked to my husband and he was super excited. And so we farmed together. We started Love is Love Farm and farmed together for several years. We had big, bad flood. We lost everything Wow. and decided at that time that I would do something that was off farm. So from there, I went to Resurgence Hospitality. We had known the Hopkins as their customers. We had been selling at Peachtree Road Farmers Market, um, and they offered me a job as a manager. And I didn't, I hadn't really managed a restaurant before, but I had had great restaurant managers, and I had owned a business, so I figured I could figure it out. And I did, and I ran restaurant ops for them for four years. Wow. So back up just a little bit. So tell me a little bit about, I mean, just life from from working at a brick store to watershed and now you own a farm because like that's such an incredible line to ride and that may, maybe people have that misconception of like oh you work in a restaurant so you know everything about farming right. but you actually do well <laughs> i do now i mean there's certainly a lot yeah. that we didn't know and that we learned along the way and you know my husband had been working on farms so he knew a bit more um yeah i mean it was i think I underestimated uh, the amount of hard work and diligence and attention that farms require. Um, I underestimated the amount of daily heartbreak that is farming. And I think um, I say often that farming is like this Zen master. And it really is because farmers have to talk about walking a tightrope every single day. You see the good and the bad and the life and the death in what you're doing every single day. Um, and it's, it can be painful and it also can be exhilarating, but it is always demanding. Yeah. How did it change the way that you guys ate? Hmm. Well, I think farmers eat a lot of seconds. You know, it's like the stuff that nobody bought at market or the stuff that you couldn't sell somewhere else. So uh, and there's not a lot of time, you know, it's not unlike I mean, I think one reason farming and chefing go so well together is the jobs are equally um, taxing in terms of the amount of time and energy and effort and service. You know, the, both of those jobs are really in service to other people. Um, and other things. And so, you know, farmers don't have a whole lot of time to cook for themselves. Um, so, you know, you eat a lot of fresh food in the field yeah. as you're working. That's not bad eating though. No, it's, it's a really healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. But love is love farm is actually still going on, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I moved on and my husband, um, still runs the farm. We're celebrating 10 years this year. We're our 10 year anniversary that's awesome. of Love is Love Farm. Thank you. That's super cool. It feels like a really big milestone. No, that's a huge milestone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I just did like, I hit 10 episodes of the show and I was like, yeah. <laughs> so 10 years on a farm. That's amazing. Yeah. We're proud. And we're really proud of all the amazing young people who've come through the farm, who are now doing their own farming. Um, and Matt, it's been an incredibly rewarding, wonderful experience, and I think it will continue to be. Yeah, that's awesome. And you know, the thing that I love about your story is that you know you, you know, you grew up in Atlanta, and then you go to, I mean, and again, like I, I describe Brick Store to people, and then I take them there, and it's like you just got to go. 
Like you just got to go, like, just come with me, but like, you got to experience it. Like we're going to go and like, you're going to try beer that you've never even knew existed, you know, cause it's not from here, you know, but I mean, it's, it, I mean, some of it is, but like, it's just an amazing experience. And for you to, to cut your teeth in such a, I mean, it, that that's definitely a marker that everyone needs to have on their map, especially in the culinary space here in Atlanta, but going from there and then Scott Peacock and Steven Satterfield, I mean, whoa. And then getting into the farming world at Mobile Georgia Ag and then, yeah. uh, um, you know, the, the side of your, of your story that has, you know, actual farm in it and then working for Linton and Gina, like that's, that's an incredible story, Judith. And, you know, when you put it all together like that and when you look back on it, yeah, but you know, at, during, I was going to say at the time though, did yeah, you know, you're just walking through every day, like doing what feels right. You know, I will say I felt, I felt a strong pull to everything I've, I've gone to do. You know, I felt a strong pull to go work at Watershed, and I really couldn't have told you why, um, but I felt like I was supposed to be there. And the same with farming. You know, it was almost in some ways out of my control. You know, it was like this is what I need to do right now, and I have to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, the the one thing that, that I think is, is so cool is just, you know, your story – tells a lot of the importance of food in the Atlanta food restaurant culinary community, you know, and the, I think, I think that's, that's the biggest aim that I have with telling people's stories because so many people in a really great way, Scott Peacock is a part of their story, you know, or Linton and Gina are a part of their story or even like George organics. Like it's a part of your story. And it's, it's these people who, who have built something so great and, make i mean it, it's framework that makes atlanta such a really wonderful place i mean we touched on all the great aspects of just living here but you know when you talk about food you know i mean so many people are just celebrating the best parts uh, take that phone call if you need to um i don't think i need to <laughs> but um but you know i, I think the, the, the these are the people who are really making atlanta the greatest city for eaters you know and you know just um the Sorry. It, it, well, no, don't be sorry. I was going to, it's really true. And I mean, if I look back at um, just the food leadership that I've been lucky enough to be around, because one thing I forgot to mention was that somewhere or while I was working at Watershed and Georgia Organics, uh, my husband and I, with the farmer that he was working with at that time, opened this farm stand at Star Provisions, um, really at like Ann Quatrano's request. She was like, hey, there's this little space. Maybe you could put some vegetables out here and we could see how it worked. And that was an incredible experience. Like to, we didn't work for that group, but we worked with that group and they, we shared space with them and to get to be in that kitchen and see the leadership there and the leadership at, um, watershed and the leadership at the brick store, all very different kinds of leadership, um, and vision, but very committed people, you know, and I think, I think the city owes a lot to the people who laid that foundation and that framework, um, that other people are coming on and adding to and building on. Um, it's pretty incredible. I I won't say I feel, I believe that we have done our city a disservice through our lack of archiving the the history and the past of the restaurant business. And a lot, it's not just me, a lot of people have talked about the idea of doing this family tree of the restaurant business in 
Atlanta just to see like, you know, all of the restaurants that came out of Anne's group or Hugh's group and, and, and to see, and, or Scott Peacock and the ladies that ran watershed, all of the chefs that they turned out and the restaurants that came out of that. It's really interesting to see that lineage and to know it. I feel happy to, I mean, one of the good things about getting older is you have a little more sense of place and time and, and history. Yeah. That's a great project to think about though, is like the Atlanta food or restaurant family tree. That'd be mm-hmm. a really cool thing to see. Wouldn't it? Like, wouldn't you love to see it as like a living walls mural somewhere? Yeah. It'd be really cool. Yeah. That's another project. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that I take <laughs> a note that on that. Alive. Yeah. We're, we're going to, we're going to work on that. Um, tell me how peach dish made its way into your guys's life and how it got its start. Well, um, I had been working for the Hopkins at resurgence hospitality for four plus years. It was an incredible experience. I learned so much and uh, grew so much. I, one of the most important things I learned there is I like business. I, if you had asked like 20 year old art history major Judith, what she thought business was, she would have said, business is about exploiting people. And I'm not interested in that. Sounds like a great 21 year old answer. Yeah. Yeah. I probably would have said it a little bit differently. I would probably would have said it with more cuss words, but, um, yeah. So in the process of working there and really helping build, uh, the framework of their training and mentoring programs for all of their restaurants and businesses. Um, I learned that business is really about people and I like people. And so it kind of got me thinking that I wanted to get into business and that I wanted to have a chance. I mean, obviously we have the farm and we run the farm, but I really yielded all the management to my husband, who's a much better farmer than me. So I'm, I ran into this young man who lives here in Atlanta, whose family lives here in Atlanta, and he wanted to start a meal kit company. And we talked about it. We were at a dinner for Alice Waters, of all things. Right? Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, it was fantastic. (laughs) I still don't know how I ended up getting invited to that dinner, but I'm glad I did. How did I end up here? But I'm really thankful that I am. (laughs) I was the only thing we could figure is that we were the token farmers at this like really fancy dinner for Alice Waters. Um, But I met so many wonderful people, including Hadi Irvani, and Hadi wanted to start this meal kit business, and I thought he was crazy, and I told him. I was like, no one's going to buy food in the mail. This is not going to work, and I really strongly advise you not to do it. Plus, you don't know a whole lot about food, and I think I think you're up for more than you bargained for. Well, he started it anyway, and I ran into him about a year later, and he was like, you're right. Food is really, really hard. It is hard and I need your help. So, um, a long story short, there was a lot of evaluation and due diligence and conversations. Um, but I decided it was a year later, it was happening that food were, people were buying food in the mail and I wanted to figure out how to bring small and mid-sized farmers into the digital economy. That was the piece for me that was so interesting because the disruption of the distribution system is what's really powerful for small and mid-sized farmers. So I, le- I took a leap. 
I started an e-commerce business. I knew, like, I had not thought about how the internet worked at all for, like, 10 years. I just got on there and Googled stuff like everybody else. And so it's been, like, drinking from a fire hose to learn e-commerce and digital marketing. Um, but the shoring up the food product and bringing in the farmer relationships has been incredible. And I'm so proud of the product that we create and we deliver. Yeah. You, you think one, one of the things that I, I think that you touched on, I mean, and like this is maybe like I can throw like four questions at you at once, but like you guys working with local farmers, but also really on the forefront of what you guys are doing with Peach Dish, you're putting a ton of importance on local eating. And it's not just local eating. It's not just saying like these turnips came from this farm in this part of Georgia and that's just kind of where the buck stops for a lot of people. It's like, oh, cool, it comes from a local farm, but really getting down to the minutia and really like the genesis of this item, like this piece of produce that came from the earth from someone's deft hands, growing it to actually resting it out of the dirt, cleaning it, and now it's in you know, this amazing recipe that's also been created by also a local chef. Like that is, when, when you start thinking about it that way, it's a very complex process. This is, on the outside looking in, such a simple concept and a simple idea. Recipes and ingredients in the mail to you. And to quote a good friend of mine, uh, who I'm working on a project with right now, I've learned that making something really simple is really hard. And there it is. It's complicated. There's a lot of thinking through. There's a lot of testing. There's a lot of execution. Um, there's a lot of forethought that goes into getting seasonal ingredients to your door with a recipe that's easy to cook and will be delicious and won't be too hard. Um, it's pretty phenomenal what the team does. And I certainly cannot take credit for all of the hard work and forethought and detailed planning and execution and forecasting and procurement. I mean, I, I have a phenomenal team that makes that happen every day. But the most exciting thing about it to me is just what it – what it does for people um, who eat, who use our product and eat our food. I mean, for me, there's this fundamental idea that's sort of at the foundation of everything I do. Well, there's a few. One of them I've already talked about, this notion of putting the South and the Southeast on the map the same way New York and California are on the map. I mean, in a way, I'm doing that with meal kits again. Like, we're telling the story of Southern cuisine the Southern cuisine of now, not the Southern cuisine of yesterday or two decades ago, or the one that's in everybody's minds. And we're doing that by working with these great chefs, and we're doing that by working with these great farmers and food producers. Um, so that's a, like a fundamental piece of what we're doing with Peach Dish. But the other fundamental piece, and maybe the more important fundamental piece, is truly, I truly believe this, we can change people's consciousness if we change what they eat. And people may not think they care about eating nutritionally dense, healthy food directly from a farm. They might not think they care. But once they start tasting it and eating it, they're going to want more of it. And they're going to start to think like, hey, this carrot that I had in this peach dish doesn't taste like the carrot that I get in the grocery store. Yeah. One of my favorite examples of that, like of, of someone where it clicks, where they know that what they had from and this is probably more from the restaurant side of things but where they realized that they had springer mountain farms chicken 
and then they went and got you know whatever from the grocery store or somewhere but it just wasn't the same product you know it was just more of like it was just like packaged like everything else and just kind of in the in the order of everything else and they're like it didn't taste the same like so you're getting onto something like your mind is starting like the the like the the other cogs pieces are starting to turn now and it's amazing watching what the right food will do to someone's mind it's true i mean there's this carlo petrini quote that i use all the time but it's so foundational to me and i i say it all the time because i want everyone to really get it like food is the only thing we ever buy that literally becomes who we are it becomes our wow. hair and our brain and our eyes and our skin. And that's really just another way of saying you are what you eat, but I think it's a more powerful way of saying it. It does become your consciousness. It becomes your intelligence. Like food is everything. So to me, food should be the priority. We should spend more on food than we do on anything else because it's the most important thing. You should give a TED Talk on that. <laughs> That'd be great. That's a, I mean, that's an amazing quote to write on as well, but... Um, you know, getting a little bit more into like the meal kit space as it is, mm-hmm. you know, maybe some people have kind of stumbled into this realm of uh, a friend, you know, got me, uh, you know, whatever, you know, meal kit and like it, it came to my doorstep and it was really great. And like I used capers for the first time, <laughs> whatever right, it right, is. Right, but, right. but, you know, talk to me just a little bit about, you know, the peach dish approach. Like, you know, how does it start? And like, really just gonna like, give me the process kind of from end to end. Sure. Um, I mean, for us, it starts with seasonality. Like we are buying directly from small farmers and I'll, we distribute nationally. So I sort of wrestled with this in the early days. I thought it doesn't really matter if we're, um, procuring locally because local isn't a story that's going to resonate with someone in Minnesota or California. But what I came to was it does matter. And it matters because that is the best food we can get, we can get, it's the freshest food. It's the healthiest food. Um, it's the most nutritionally dense food. And so it's the most important way to purchase. So even though it doesn't matter to someone in Minnesota or California or Texas that we're buying local food, it matters to us because it's the best quality product we can get. So for us, it starts with procurement. We do, uh, yearly forecast based on the seasonal harvest. Oh, that's so cool. Um, and we're trying to work with small and mid-sized producers around the Southeast. And one of the things that's so amazing about the meal kits for farmers is that I can work with a farmer of any size. I can buy five pounds from somebody or I can buy 500 pounds from somebody, whatever they have to offer and they want to bring we can buy because we're aggregating and because it's all going directly to a consumer. It doesn't have to be consistently sized or shaped or even variety. You know, we can change that up. So we start with procurement. We start with the seasonal calendar. We write recipes around that. So we know uh, we're probably going to be using some cherry tomatoes in late June. And we just start working with recipes. We have a culinary director on staff, Seth Friedman, is an awesome badass with his own uh, sort of culinary Atlanta pedigree. He's another Atlanta native, Um, grew up in lots of kitchens, went to the CIA. And then he developed a love for teaching home cooks to use farm fresh food. So he worked in farmer's markets. He was one of the first people I called when I came on board at Peach Dish. So Seth writes, at this point, 
a little over half of our recipes, and then we work with an amazing roster of culinary contributors um, who regularly write recipes for us. Chef Zoo, the vegan chef, is one of them. Yeah, he, he's kind of blown up for you guys, <laughs> or you guys. Either way, I mean, like, I've heard so much about this guy. Zoo. It's because he's a force. He a he's a genius vegan chef. Like, I used to be vegan. I know vegan food. But you never had the vegan Reuben. And then when you had that, you're like, okay, I think I could be vegan. Exactly. And <laughs> Zoo incredible. never makes you feel like you're compromising or skimping. I mean, that food is incredible. So he's one of our contributors. And I'm so happy to be working with him. Um, Cynthia Grobert, who wrote the Biscuit Cookbook, and, and a James Beard winning cookbook with Natalie Dupree on Southern Food is one of our contributors. Um, some fantastic chefs from North Carolina, Sandra Gutierrez, who is Guatemalan and does a lot of Latino, Southern sort of fusion food, if you will. And then we also work with restaurant chefs. Um, we call those our guest chefs. So like Zeb Stevenson, uh, Steven Satterfield, Kevin Gillespie, all of these guys have done um, recipes for us. There's many, many more I'm leaving out. Asha Gomez. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, I mean, like, if you just go through the list on the Peach Dish website, like, it's it's an, a pretty incredible checklist if you're looking at it like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, whoa. Like, it's it's a, it's a pretty incredible lineup. I mean, you've got, like, a roster of amazing Atlanta, like, talented culinary forces. It's <laughs> true. Atlanta and beyond. Um, and, you know, that's another thing that just happened one day at a time. Steven Satterfield was the first guest chef we had and wow. he might have been doing me a favor just because we're friends and I was like will you do this but he did a great job and it it meant so much to me and the team to have somebody like that in our test kitchen um and I think he probably helped open the door to other people like Sean Brock and we have two going right now with Eddie Hernandez and Todd Richards. That's so cool. Which is, I mean, it's really fun, yeah. again, to sort of like tell the story of what the food of Atlanta yeah. and the South is right now. Oh, and Eddie's story. Oh, my gosh. What what a fun story to hear. Really, really cool. He's a great guy. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And Taqueria del Sol, like, it's worth waiting through that long line that always forms. So, yeah. Agreed. Great tacos. Yeah. Um, give me a little bit of an idea, like, from from the consumer standpoint, you know, so you're buying peach dish for a friend or you're buying it for yourself. Like what do you guys see of people that are actually using like these local Georgia products recipe developed by your culinary staff or a local chef? Like what have you guys seen? What have you guys heard? You know, like what's, what's kind of been the reception of peach dish? We have some amazingly loyal customers who that's been really gratifying to to sort of, we build this relationship, they start to trust us, and then I feel like we start to open a new world to them. Um, I kind of want to give a shout out to this guy on Instagram, the Goose Creek Geek. He is, like, look at his Instagram feed. I'm going to follow him right now. It's Peach Dish and Cats. But what's been really awesome <laughs> is, is way more Peach Dish than Cats, and over the years... I can see him like now he's tagging all of the farms that supplied the produce and the artisans that supplied the ingredients. And 
that kind of thing is happening again and again and again with our customers. This is uh, this is impressive. So shout out to Goose Creek Geek because this is like th- this might as well be the Peach Dish Instagram feed. I, like, <laughs> this is incredible. Talk, talk about I've loyalty. I've never met this guy. I've tried many times That's to like cat. get him to come do a testimonial or something. But <laughs> so on fun. a bad day when I'm like, what are we doing? I just go to his Instagram feed and I'm like, oh. I feel better. Yeah, what's happening in the peach dish world? Oh, that's right. He's already he's already done it. That's great. But um, yeah, you know, like w- one thing I think is really cool about peach dishes, it, and we we already touched on this a little bit, but it's completely changing the mentality of how you can cook at home. How have you guys seen that change? Hmm. Well, I mean, I think I can talk about it personally. Uh, and I'll say, when I first started with peach dish four years ago. I didn't think I needed a meal kit. I mean, I was like, we have a farm. I know how to cook. There's vegetables all around me. Um, But what I learned is that, you know, I've learned new techniques. I learned new combinations. I learned new ways of pulling things together. And and now I create a more finessed end product than I did before I started cooking with Peach Dish. Plus, I mean, I'm a busy entrepreneur. My husband's a busy entrepreneur. It's just really nice to have somebody else think through all of the kind of tedious details, like what are we going to pull together for dinner? And where am I going to get all of this food? It was just sort of there waiting for us to put together a fantastic dinner at the end of a busy day. It's a great release and a way to like come together and spend a little time talking and cooking together. Um, I think that's a big part of what it what I hope it's doing for other people too. Is like the, maybe you already I think the product works great actually for people who already know how to cook and love food but just don't either have the time or the wherewithal. I think it's a fantastic product for industry people. Like if you and I've talked to, you know, restaurant friends about this cuz when you work in a restaurant 6 days a week, sometimes you don't want to go out to a restaurant on your seventh day, your only day off. But you also don't have time to grocery shop and there's no point in grocery shopping because you are gonna be in the restaurant the other six days of the week. So a meal kit is like a perfect thing. It come, Everything you need is there. You don't have to go out. You can stay home in your pajamas and cook something fun. Yeah, and I think it addresses something that people might not know how to admit, but the, you know, call it whatever you want, but like the chef build side of dining is far more calculated and probably in line with what you want to eat rather than like, oh my gosh, I've got like 25 ingredients to throw in this grain bowl and I want all of them. It's like, well, that's not exactly, you just, you're just hungry. You know, it doesn't mean that you really are going for a specific line of flavor, but right. having this recipe that's developed, not only to, to give you an idea of, of practicing concision and how you're preparing all of this, but it's also conservation and like attention to where this product is coming from, but also just how much of everything that you need to add. And it's still going to add up to everything that you actually want to consume. It's an incredible right. model. Well, and it, the other piece of it is that when you're looking in your fridge and you're like, I got these 10 things I'm going to put in a grain bowl, you're probably not thinking like a chef, right? You're maybe thinking like a home economist, like I need to work, I need to use this stuff. <laughs> but <laughs> you're not thinking about balance of texture and flavor and sweet and sour and umami and spice and salt. And and that is part of what we are doing is like Seth meticulously thinks about 
the profile of every single dish, which is what a chef does. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I, I just think that that's, uh, that's it's such a great aspect of meal kit, you know, where it's not just like, yeah, I mean, like you've got, you know, your favorite chicken rice bowl and we just packaged everything for you and vacuum sealed it. So it's easy for you. Like I think the, the approach of, of peach dish and especially your guys collaboration with local chefs is like, it, it's everything that is the building blocks of peach dish, but then it's also like Zeb Stevenson's inspiration, you know, and then like you're bringing that into your own kitchen. It's cool. And I think it's a really triumphant moment too. You know I mean? Some of the times that we've had peach dish most of the time actually in our house is after our children were born and people just thought like out of all people that you'd probably really appreciate this. I'm like, yeah, because it's awesome. You know, it's, you know, having, you know, a mushroom risotto like that's prepared and all that I have to do is just, you know, these small, like that's definitely a part of it, but then it's just what you're actually eating um, it, it's far better than having to sift through your fridge or, I mean, just getting takeout, you know, I mean, oh, yeah. it's, it's that triumphant moment that, you know, like, I mean, cause I, I'm not very comfortable in the kitchen, but not everybody is, mm-hmm. you know? So like, I think that unlocks another level of cooking for people that might want to be good at it, but they just don't know how to be. I think so too. I think, um, it, it gives you the experience and it, it holds your hand just enough, but you're, you are the one doing the cooking, you know, it's your knife cuts, it's your sear, um, it's your water boiling. Um, we actually made a tutorial video on the difference between a boil and a simmer because we got that question a lot. And it, I mean, it's a tricky <laughs> yeah, question. That's no, important. That's yeah. important. Yeah. So, um, you know, you get the experience of cooking it all. And you almost get a guarantee that it's going to come out great because other people have thought it through for you very, very carefully. And we've sourced really high quality ingredients. But, you know, there's another piece of it that I like to point out, which is I talked about this a little bit in my own personal use of it. The experience is also about just reconnecting to your house and your kitchen and your spouse or significant other and having some time away from a screen, I think that's really, really important and increasingly important. Yeah. You know, um, one thing that I want to ask you is if you could leave, if you could leave everybody with one thing, and this is what Judith is the most passionate about, and especially when it comes to eating, what would that be? Buying food directly from farmers. Buying food directly from farmers is critical to being a good cook because you're getting better tasting food. That's easy, right? That's the sort of selfish reason to buy food from local farmers. The better reasons to buy food from local farmers are you're supporting local economy, which means there's more impact directly in the economy around you. Farms are small businesses. They're job creators. Those are important things, and those are things we need to support more and more. Um, You're also, and this I think is the most important reason, you're supporting environmental stewardship immediately around you. Small farmers are the people, farmers in general, but small farmers especially, organic farmers, are in dialogue with the earth for you. They are maintaining a relationship with the natural environment in a way that we need more and more people to do. You just created the intro of this episode perfectly. So I don't even have to like work for that. That was so beautiful, Judith. That was awesome. But, um, 
it was so awesome having you as my guest on this show. And with the last like Thank minute you. or two, uh, give me an idea, like what's happening right now at Peach Dish? What's happening next? Like the mic is yours. Oh Take it gosh. wherever you like. There's so many awesome things happening at Peach Dish. Um, one thing we didn't talk about that I would love to talk about, because I think it's important, is this collaboration we do with local artists. I was really hoping that you were going to get to that. So <laughs> we we started with a postcard series. Like for me, it's community is critical. I'm all about community. And farmers are a part of our community. They're adding value to our community. Artists are adding value to our community. And we wanted to find a way to sort of bridge that gap. So we did this postcard series where we just reached out to local artists and said, hey, draw us a peach. And we do that once a month. If you're a Peach Dish subscriber, you get a postcard, a set of postcards in your box once a month. It's like, hey, send this to someone you love. It's really just that simple. It's just a little gift, a little land yap, as they would say in New Orleans. Land yap. Yeah, a little something extra. Oh, I like it. <laughs> I like the accent. <laughs> so um, we did one with Black Cat Tips, which was huge. I mean, I'm such a fan of his, and I love seeing his stuff around Atlanta. And when he agreed to do a postcard, I was elated. We love the postcard so much that we turned it into our truck and worked with him to create the truck art for our box truck. And then we loved that so much that we just asked him if he would do a box for us. And he agreed. He's been incredibly wonderful all along the way. So I think I'm inspired to do even more artist collaborations. There's this incredible badass another shout out to Shaniqua Gay she's a local artist follow her Instagram she's so fun um, I love her work she's done postcards for us and I'm dreaming and scheming on a way we can do more with her that's awesome and that that's just it's such a nice detail I mean because if you don't know Black Hat Tips or Kyle Brooks um, talk about a mainstay artist in Atlanta I mean his work is just everywhere and it's it's either on the Beltline, like a complete underpass of Highland, or, I mean, just like, almost like surreptitiously placed, you know, like where it's just like a little sign and a road, like an old fourth ward. But you're like, oh my gosh, I know that. That's Kyle Brooks. Like, I love that about him. It's, okay. it's really cool. But then like seeing it on the peach dish box, and especially on your truck, I mean, I saw that announcement, but I was like, now that is like, it's so Atlanta in the best way. I know. I think so too. And one of the things I love about him and many, many artists is like, he's just, he's giving like he he really is just giving to our community if you look at his messages they're all positive they're all uplifting he's really just trying to make the world a better place which is all we're trying to do big time so we're looking at a few other uh few other artist collaborations coming up then mm -hmm, for awesome sure. well we'll keep an eye on your instagram for that but Great. um judith thank you again it was thank such you. a pleasure having you on the atlanta Foodcast. thanks very much i've enjoyed it Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this week's show. And the only thing that I'm going to leave you with this week is a little bit of an action item. And I need you to head over to our Instagram feed right now and check out the latest post announcing this episode with Judith. We've actually partnered with the folks over at Peach Dish to do a giveaway that's a week's worth of Peach Dish meals. I know. It's amazing. So head over to our Instagram feed or Peach Dishes to check out all of the details. But until next time, I cannot wait to bring you guys more stories from local chefs, culinary entrepreneurs, and people who are making Atlanta the greatest city for eaters. I'm your host, Ben Getz. Thanks again for listening to the Atlanta Foodcast.